Praise the Lord. So today we're still talking about Romans 5. So this is the fourth part of Romans 5. Last week, Thursday, we talked about the same Romans 5. We talked about people's people's decisions. People make decisions that, you know, when they, are, when they make decisions, there are circumstances, you know, there's, there are consequences to their decisions. And their decisions could affect, you know, generations to come. So today we're going to be talking about Romans, the same Romans 5, 18 to 21. Give me a start, please. Romans 5, 18 to 21. And I read from, from this, I think it's New Living Translation. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many become sinners. And because one person obeyed God, many will make will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So you look at you look at this scripture, this thing, you know, we still I know we're still talking about Adam and Adam and Jesus, but you you, you kind of look at this and you see that, you know. When Adam and God were in the garden, God gave him strict instructions. You know, God gave him, you know, very strict instructions, and you could see the instructions in um, Genesis two seventeen. Genesis two seventeen, it says, "The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of.'" every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil if you eat this fruit you surely you are surely to die so you see <clears throat> i look at this you see that adam's behavior is not is not is not um, He's not alone with that same behavior, whereby God will give us strict instructions to do something. He'll give us an instruction in his word. He will speak to us and we'd go and do something else. He's not alone. You know, he's not alone. You know, God always tells, speaks to us about something. You know, how many times has God spoken to us about one situation of in our life and what happened? We tend to doubt it. We tend to have this unbelief. We tend to feel that it's not, it's, that's not what it is. We have this, I'll call it false understanding that we know best. You know, God has given us his word and, and he's told us that this word, if you appropriate it properly, it works for you. But what happens is that sometimes we don't even believe the word at all. We don't think that the word will work. We forget that the word is the word and it always works. 
So you, you see, you see, you see how the Bible says it in that Genesis 2 17 that we read that the Lord said to him, Don't eat, you can eat everything else, but don't eat, don't eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will surely die. And you see that we know that we know obviously that Adam did not die physically, he died spiritually. And why did he how did he die spiritually? You understand that God is spirit, so God was Adam was communicating with God through his spirit. And God is saying that if you do what? If you eat this fruit, you will die spiritually. Alright? Now and you understand that because of Adam's disobedience to the Father, sin entered the world. And sin is the same sin that separated us from God. You know, um, Isaiah 59 2 says, But your iniquities have separated, Isaiah 59 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. So he says, is the sin of man that did what? That caused the separation. And you know, one thing I want to say here is this. I just want to also interject. Isaiah 59, 2. One thing I also want to interject here is this. The Lord gave him an instruction. I kept, I say this. He gave him an instruction. He says, if you do, you shall surely die. And it came to pass. He did. He went and he says, if, if you do, you know, I, I, I know during time when I used to program, do programming, I used to program, we always have this if-then clause. If you do this, then this will happen. So the thing about it is, the Lord says, if you eat the fruit, then this is the result of eating the fruit. And, and what the Lord said happened just like it disobedience the disobedience of of adam brought sickness and curses to the world you know you you see that i've i've heard i've heard people say stuff like you know what god brought gives us sickness you know and somebody, even Christians, have, have heard Christians say it, that, you know, they'll, they'll point Deuteronomy to me and say, you know, but this is what the Lord says. Or they'll point to some other scripture and tell us, this, tell me that, oh, this is what the Lord says. And I said to them, I said, you know, sometimes I think I got, I, I talked about this before, but I got angry one time. I said to them, I said, so are you saying that God will bring, give your loved ones sick uh, cancer so that, so that they would die early, or is he trying to teach them something? What does cancer teach any 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 child of God or anybody at all? What does cancer give? Does it give you a gift? Does cancer give you a gift at the end? The gift the gift that it gives you it gives you a compulsory. You lose weight like fast. You lose your hair fast. So what kind of gift is it? That you that you say that that any any child of God can say that oh God gives you this sickness so that he, he teaches you a lesson. 
you know, it also it also tells me that is it that parents would a parent will hurt his own child, and you know the Bible says that he says can a nursing mother forget forget his own their her own child, but the Lord then says says he now said but if the nursing mother forgets his own child, I will not forget you. Amen. That's what the Bible says. But look at what look at what another thing the Bible says in Matthew seven nine nine to eleven. Matthew 7, 9 to 11. He says, Which of you, if your son asks you for bread, will give him a stone? Or if, Matthew 7, 9 to 11. I'm reading verse 10. It says, Or if you ask for a fish, will give him a, a snake? If you then, though you are evil, Look at what he then says. Though you are evil. Why did, why did the Bible say, though you are evil? Because evil came into the world through Adam. It says, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So for God to give you a good gift, it means that it's coming from a good place. Yeah. For God to for God to for God to uh, say I'm giving you a good gifts. The, the, the Bible says uh, the Bible says can can old wine skin can can an old wine skin produce old things? No, it's a new wine skin that will produce a new thing. So my point is that is the Bible say also says that out of the abundance of the what of the heart the mouth speaks. So. You have to be a good person. You have to be good to to produce good. The other thing I want to say is this. The other thing I want to I want to say is this. The Bible says in 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 um in James one seventeen says every good and perfect gift comes from who from above coming down from the Father of the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change. Like a shifting shadow. So what am I saying here? He says every good and perfect gift. He says everything good, everything perfect, is coming from God. Would you say sickness is a, is a good thing? Would anybody even in their right mind say it's a gift from God? Every good and perfect gift comes from who God, and He says there's no. There's, who does not change like a shifting shadow? So there's no change in him. He won't give you sickness today and take it tomorrow. There's no change. If he says, I've healed you, I've healed you, period. It, it always works. If he says this word is going to work, it's always going to work. It will work in America. It will work in Africa. It will work anywhere you, so far you, 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 you appropriate the word it will always work. This uh, it, it's 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 the way it is. But you see, Adam, I'm just going back to Adam. Adam brought this chaos into the world. He brought this. He opened the door wide. The of disobedience opened the door what wide. It widened the door. That chaos had a free reign. 
trouble had the free reign. Because think about it. When they were in the Garden of Eden, you didn't hear any anything about theft. You didn't hear of anything about killing in the Garden of Eden. You didn't hear about anything at all. Everything was what? Wonderful. In the Garden of Eden was paradise. Think about it. Now you go to paradise. You go to uh, Jamaica. It's paradise. You, you, there's nothing. You know, everything you want is is served. I remember when we went on a cruise. You know, you you go on a cruise. I know some people have been thinking about going on cruises for a long time. I don't want to mention their names, but don't worry. God will give you ability to go on a, to go on a cruise. You know, but. I remember when I, when 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 we went on a cruise, the cruise is like they tell you anything you want, they give you. Is it food you eat? I, I remember I remember the time, but ignorance is, is is a disease. I'm telling you, ignorance is a big disease. I went to the when we went to the cruise. On the night we got there, I was very hungry. So I went and got. That's when I used to eat meat. I went and got uh, lamb, lamb chops. And when they brought the lamb chops, I'm thinking they're going to bring lamb chops with, uh, with uh, like, like uh, sweet potato or mashed potato and veggies, you know, how you normally eat in the restaurant. So they brought only lamb chops. And I ate the lamb chops. But I was still hungry. I was so hungry. And I was saying to myself, am I going to go home going in hungry? So, because I didn't ask questions, I slept hungry. Then the next day, I didn't ask the man on the, uh, I asked the man, because he gave you a, a menu. I asked the man, I said, so please, oh, can I, oh, because last night I ate only lamb chops and I was not full. Is it, is, is it possible for me to order more and I will pay you extra for the remaining food I, don't, I want to eat? The man laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. I said, why are you laughing? He said, anything you want to eat, you can eat. It's free. I said, really? It's free? He said, he said yes, it's completely what? Free of charge. You don't have to pay anything. Hey, you know, it's like you've opened the floodgates. I said, I want this one. That was the first time I ate um, a lamb. Just don't want lamb chops with lamb. First time, I was like, whoa. You know, I ate this, I ate like, I said, give me uh, one, two, and three. The entree. One, two, and three. And I ate. You see, the thing about it is, the man opened the door for me and says, you can eat what? Anything you want. He says, Adam opened the door for the enemy to come in and have a free day. Because of the disobedience, Adam came in and was having a ball. Sorry, sorry, the devil came in and he was having a ball. Adam opened the door, the devil entered and took advantage of the whole thing. Disobedience to the word of God allows the devil inside. The Lord says to you, do not do this. And you disagree. And you don't do it. Hello? The Lord says, go, go and do this. Go and forgive that person that wronged you. The person wronged you, God says, you know you're, you're in the 
you 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 that person is in the wrong but you are in the right there's a there's a clear distinction you you know you know you know for for a fact that what that you are right and that person is what is wrong but god says go and forgive go and ask for your forgiveness tell the person please forgive me and you'll be wondering you know pastor manuel said this one time says you know his neighbor his neighbor was you know his neighbor was mean and all kinds of things and you know i think he just decided to just shun the neighbor and what then happened was the lord now asked him say go and go and say sorry to your neighbor eh? he said what do you what do you mean is it him that that did the OT? The Lord said, go and say sorry to the neighbor. And he went. And God did whatever he had to do. The thing about it is, the things of God is beyond me understanding. The things of God is beyond or what? Understanding. Look at this other aspect. Ephesians 4.27. Ephesians 4.27. If you look at this aspect, you see, you see what we're talking about. Ephesians 4.27 says, Be angry yet do not sin. Do not let the sun set upon your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. Let, let me read it again. Be angry yet do not sin. Do not let the sun set upon your anger and do not give the devil what a foothold how many of us do we how many people really go go to sleep angry a lot of people <coughs> do you know that this is the word of god is, is going on the bible says do not allow anger to control you because if anger controls you you're giving a foothold to the devil. You are allowing the devil to come and show up at your doorstep. You're giving him a free reign. Because let me tell you what happens. The key to preventing the enemy from entering is to do according to the will and the word of God. Because let me tell you something. If your, your husband or your wife provokes you and you get angry, what happens is that the enemy can easily tell you, you say, you know what, that woman is so, so useless. The enemy can easily tell you, say, the woman is completely useless. Leave her alone. Go and go with somebody else. It's that simple. It, it, it happens that quickly, like that. It happens that quickly. But the thing about it is we tend to get angry and we justify it. You know, some people have said, oh, it's holy anger. Then what is holy anger in this aspect, man? What's holy about the anger? This is the Bible says, do not give the, the devil the foothold. You do not give the... Because what happens when you start getting angry, he starts to tell you things. And that person doesn't, and you will be agreeing with it. Do not leave, the, don't give the devil the opportunity 
That's what the Bible says. Do not give the devil the opportunity. That's what happened. That's what happened to, to, to uh, Adam. God said to him, do not give the devil the opportunity. Do not disobey what I'm saying. How many of us this? Do we always remember? Do we always do it well? You know, I, I think about this, you know, like a you know, you think about let me let me go computer for because I'm a computer person. Let me go computer for you for minutes. You know, God's word is like a firewall. A firewall is a system designed to prevent unauthorized access to or from a private network. So there's you know, there's the software firewall and there's a hardware firewall. So sorry, I, I, just just hear me out for a minute. Software firewall, every computer has a firewall. And the firewall, they have firewall and they also have antivirus. The antivirus is to prevent viruses. The firewall is to prevent unauthorized access into your computer. And if you if you if you do not have a firewall on your computer, what happens is that any anybody can have access to your computer. And who knows what they're going to do. I remember my sister one time, you know, um, she called me and she says, you know, all of a sudden I see my mouse moving. On its own. On its own. It's clicking, one, clicking, clicking, clicking. And she's like, what happened? I said, somebody has, an author, unauthorized person has access to your computer. And she told me that before you should know it, the FBI called her and said, you've been sending files to me. And I said, she said, what should I do? I said, you better shut down that thing, reformat it right away, blow the hard drive off, start fresh. He said, what are my files? I said, forget about your files. It's been compromised. The thing, the thing about it is this, the word of God it stands like a firewall to us. It's a firewall for us. It prevents unauthorized access into our lives. And that's why the Bible says, like for instance, you're, you're not feeling well, you're sick, and the Bible says, take my word, your firewall. It's a firewall. It's, it's firewall for you. Take my firewall word. It has potency to prevent the enemy from happening. You know, my, my, my wife told me about a story of this of something that happened to this um this this person that the way the, the, the person was six year old, six years, six months old, or six no six years old, and they, they had this disease that didn't allow them to walk. This disease that didn't allow her to walk. So she wasn't walking from six years old. Till, till I, I think she was now, who knows, in the late 30s. The mom always takes care of her. And what happened was, they decided to take the firewall, the healing medicine, and put it in them. Sure, they've been compromised. In the sense of the devil has, has done what? Has come in. But now they decided to do what? Put the firewall in. And say, no, 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 no. This thing is what? Prevention. It prevents what? Unauthorized access. You know, the devil brings sickness. 
which is an unauthorized, uh, unauthorized um, what do they call it, disease that is infiltrating your body. It's an unauthorized disease. It has not been authorized. So you need to kick the words, the disease out. And for you to kick the disease out, you need the word of God to kick it out. To say no, forget about it. So the word of God has power. The efficacy of the word of God, it has power. It has power. That's why the Bible says, my word will not come back to me, what? Void. It will, come, it will accomplish everything I send it to do. So the word of God, if you appropriate it appropriately, what happened? It works all the time. It works all the time. All you just need to do is to what? Appropriate it properly. Take the word as it has been said. Put it in your heart. The Bible says, it says the word of God is like medicine. If you're taking the word like medicine, like how you take medicine, you know, if the if you're if you're not feeling well, they, they go, say for instance, you have a, a bacterial infection, some some antibiotics will say take two tablets, 500 milligrams, twice a day for 10 days. So you, you have to take it religiously in the morning and at night. In the morning and at night for 10 days. The Bible says it is the word of God. It's a firewall. It prevents the, the... Because you were unprotected before. And that's why it's important. Let me say this. It's important and it's imperative for all believers to always take the word of God, whether you have sickness or not, whether you're sick or not, whether you have problem or not, continue taking the fire, the, 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 the word of God, which is a firewall, which prevents an un, unauthorized access into your body. Because when sickness, when sickness is in your body, is an unauthorized form of disease in your body that is not supposed to be there. And the only thing that kicks it out is not only people think it's medicine. You see, I, I beg to differ because medicine is control. It just it helps to control. Which is good. But you see all these medicines that you, you pronounce on TV. You say to yourself, oh my goodness. There's one that uh, that they say uh, is a blood thinner. That's the one that is amazing. For me, it's, I just say to myself, oh my goodness. He says a blood thinner. That if you take the blood thinner, if you have a cut, you have a risk of bleeding to death. And if you bleed to death, it means you might have a stroke or you might cause death. And I said to myself, I thought it's a blood thinner. So this blood thinner that is supposed to prevent you from having a stroke, in the end, it's going to make you have a stroke. Because when you bleed to death, when you bleed, there's no, the, 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 the blood is not flowing through your heart. What happens? It's flowing out somewhere else. And some small house, some, 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 somehow, somehow, you do what? You have a stroke and you die. You die because of what? A blood thinner. And I said to myself, this is exactly what it is. You see, 
the pharmaceutical company, company I, I, I won't say only pharmaceutical company, but in America, they, they don't they don't have the understanding that the the medicine that they have is to cure. There's no medicine to cure. The medicine is to control. Is to control the symptoms. If you have if you have pain in your leg, they give you Bengue. Bengue is to reduce the pain. They give you Tylenol is to reduce so you don't have you don't feel the pain. But the funny thing about the Tylenol, think about it. You have pain, you have toothache. The tooth is aching you so what badly. So they give you toothache medicine, Advil or Tylenol. And afterwards, after four hours, what happened? You're feeling the pain again. It wears off. Or they give you the 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 the, the, uh, the hardcore one. And the hardcore one is they say is habit habit forming. Vicodin or something. They give you Vicodin and it says habit. Sorry, don't take it too much because it's habit forming. Before you know it, you become drug. You be what what our president is talking about uh, opiates. You become somebody that is, is dependent on, on drugs. And and the habit forming one, yes, is good, but after a while, it wears out and you're still in pain. And you still want more easy. easy and you go and buy, you're making somebody rich. But why can't we just take simply take the word? I'm I I'm talking to myself, you know, even if, if not for everybody, I'm talking to myself. Why don't we go and take the word and hold on to the word and say, this is the word. Whether I'm sick or not, I'm still saying, like I said, it's a firewall. God, for me, I was like, why God? Why are you bringing computer to him? People might not understand. But he's saying, look, it's a firewall. The word is a firewall. It prevents access. So why can't, if it prevents access, why do you think computers like this computer, okay, this Mac, I don't know whether he has a firewall, but I think so. You know, because they tell me in the Mac, they say don't put antivirus because it has its own firewall. So most likely it has firewall in there. So it prevents what? It prevents access. Unauthorized what? Access. So if it prevents unauthorized access, what happens? It means that we can take the word. The word of God prevents what? Unauthorized access. And also... What happens? Okay, if you have the, the, the symptom or the disease or whatever it is, you can still take the word and push the unauthorized author, unauthorized uh, 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 organism or whatever it is in your body out. And keep it out. And that's why, you know, the Bible says that, the Bible says that, it says when you chase out the demon, he says he goes and comes back with what? Seven more stronger ones to see whether the place is still empty. You know why he, say, why he says that? Because when you chase it out, that's why I say you got to keep up, keep up with the word. When, he chases, when you chase it out, you need to keep on staying with the same word so you, don't, you prevent the unauthorized access. You prevent that virus from coming in. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. 
Adam allowed an unauthorized access from the devil and the devil is running wild and is doing all sorts of things. He's just creating chaos, complete chaos. But you see, when Adam did what he did, after the incident of Adam, the Lord brought a temporary fix. You know, a temporary fix so that we can come back to him. You know, I think about it like, you know, if, if, you, have a, if you have a leaky roof, you put a temporary fix, like a top. You know, put a top on the, on the roof, you know, so that, so that when rain falls, rain doesn't enter your house. Then until you find a permanent fix, maybe a good, a good roofer that will come and roof the roof for you. You see, the consequences, and you know, during the, during the time of Moses, the people of, the, God gave Moses the law. He gave him the law. And what happened was, but people broke this law. Why? Through the same disobedience we're talking about. The same disobedience. You know, it's funny. You might say, but, but it, it happens. Think about it. This or this. Think of how many times have you, if you, you, you keep saying, how many times have you kept our general road, highway, they say 65 miles per hour. How many times have you stayed on that 65? How many times don't you, you people always clock over 65. They might not go to 75, but they'll go 67, 68, 70. They don't always stay 65. Because the thing is, you, you want to go with what? The flow of traffic. So the, the key is that there was a, and the consequences of breaking the law, there were consequences of breaking the law. The consequences of breaking the law, you could find just because of time, you could find in Deuteronomy 28.15 that it says the consequence of breaking the law is you bring curses upon yourself. But think about it too here. The consequences of breaking the law, the physical law, is sometimes jail time, fines. You know, when you go to court, they'll tell you, you the, the ticket is $85, but you have court charge, court fee, lawyer fee. By the time you know, it's like $600. <laughs> but a, a ticket that is $85, then they'll tell you it's $600 because you have to pay for the lawyer's time. This one time, oh my, court time. It's like, forget about it. You know, you see that this is exactly what happened. Um, the rules of the law, you know, it it was it, it became it became it was difficult for the people to even obey the entire rule. You know, and you know the thing about it is, human beings are prone to mistakes. We're human beings. We are very prone to mistakes. You know, you can't keep a law and say if you don't obey all the law. It's hard to obey all the law. You know? So what happens? You know that people, because they don't obey all the law, they're going to be full of curses. But you see, what then happened was, it says, just at the right time, God did what? God came up with what? The permanent fix. 
And you, you might ask the question that, why didn't God come up with a permanent fix earlier? Why did he come up with temporary, then come and, come and do permanent fix? You see, the thing about it is, we need to understand that they say there's time for everything. There's time for everything. It says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1, it says there's a time for everything. A season for every activity under the what? Under heaven. You know, God has a set time for every situation. God knows when it is the best time. Think about it. If, 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 for me, I look at it. If, 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 if Jesus came on the scene, as soon as Adam sinned, you know, it would be hard for people to even receive him right, right away. But God came at the perfect time. You know, I, I, I tell you why I'm saying that. I remember the time that our roof was leaking. I used to go to church, and the, the one day that the thing was leaking one time, eh? hey, I couldn't even concentrate in the church. I put a bucket, I talked about it before. I put a bucket, and the, the, the time when we were showering, the bucket filled up twice. I was telling my wife, I said, we shouldn't go to church. My wife said, we need to go to church. I mean, while church is like an hour, an hour and 20 minutes away. Go, just driving was a headache. In being in the church, I couldn't concentrate. My mind was, I was thinking about the how roof. How many buckets is, the whole house will be flooded by then. That's what I was thinking. By the time we came back home, and the funny thing, we don't come back home right away. We go grocery shopping. We go, I'm like, my goodness, I wanted to basically wring my wife's neck then. I said, babe, please, don't forget the roof, the roof. She said, don't worry, let's go. I think she knew something I didn't know. But she had a, she had faith in God that, you know, I'm not saying she, didn't, she doesn't have faith in God now, but she had faith in God then. She didn't tell me her secret. She used to tell me that. Me, I was so, like, fearful. So, but what then happened was, we came back, I looked up, there was absolutely no, there was there was not even a a half a bucket of water. That was the beautiful thing about God. There was not even a half a bucket of water. So what am I trying to say? When we when this leak this leak was happening, we called a lot of roofers. I remember calling. Hey, we called a, a ton of them. One person would come and say, "Is he is he flashing? Would I have flashing?" We spend money on flashing it to still leak. Another person says, Oh, the, the problem is you need to clean the roof. We, we do it, it will still leak. Then finally, then finally, what then happened was I got so tired. I talked to my friend. And he says, Oh, I know a roofer. He says, I said, he says, I said, I usually man is going to come all the way from up north to, to this down south. He said, Yes, you'll come. The guy came, he gave us the best possible price. And he says, you know what? I'm going to change the entire roof for the best. He, he said this price, I, 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 see today I shake my head like, wow. If this price existed, why didn't I do it right away? But the man wasn't around. I didn't know him then. You know, somebody always tells me there are two good, say good, two good heads, two good ones. Remember, two good heads are better than one because two bad heads are not better than one. Yeah. 
But two good heads. <laughs> two good heads are better than one. So the thing about it is, I, we got to know the person. It was the right time. It was the perfectly right time that God brought that person to do what? To fix the roof, change the entire roof. It was at the right time. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on the pole. Jesus came to do what? Redeem us. Look at what it says on, in, in TPT, Passion Translation. It says, Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. This is exactly what happened. The permanent fix was Jesus came on the, on the spot. He came on the scene. And he came on the scene and he took away every curse. The curses were laid on him. The curses of today, the curses of yesterday, the curses of tomorrow were laid on Jesus. So if somebody says you have generational curse, could you please smack the person? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Could you please chase the person out of your, your, your house? And that's why it's so amazing that you see people in Nigeria, they are casting out demons. They are casting out uh, curses from people. Or you have a generational curse or from believers. Even from believers. I mean, because it's, that's why I say the believers are like me. The, the, the believers that are believing that they're, they're like me when I went on a cruise. And I went home, I went to bed hungry that night because I didn't know I can eat everything on the menu. Free. I didn't have to pay. And people are going there asking pastors to, to, to see, to see, to, to pray for them so they can see what's going on in heaven for them. And come and cast, you know, come and cast all these generational costs. My great great grandfather was cursed, so it's, it runs in the family. Jesus has taken all that curse and put it on who? On himself. And because of that, you're free. You're completely free. You see, It, it, you know, it, it reminds me of this. It's not similar, but it reminds me of when you pay for your house free. When you pay for your house, like in Nigeria, you pay for your house full price. It's your house. You don't go back and go back and say, "I'm going to pay for this house again." People will look at you. You, this man has lost his uh, his mind. If someone took your place when you're supposed to go to to jail, you're a free man. There's no record of you because somebody already took your place. Jesus did this for you and I. He has transformed us from from what? Inside. Inside first. And now he's doing the transformation so that he can show on the outside. This is exactly what we're talking about the word. This is what the word of God, this is what God did at just the right time. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is what, is what brings transformation from inside out. 
we need to know that that this is grace in action. The grace of God is in action. See, no matter what you and I have done or will do, Jesus paid the price and when we ask for forgiveness, he does what? He forgives and remembers it no more. We can always come into his presence at any time. He will not cast us out. He will bring us closer. He will continue to love us. No matter how much sin you keep sinning, his grace is always sufficient for us. So, it's just like it's just like a, 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 a person that goes to jail. You know somebody can go to jail now, kill a whole family. Kill a whole family of 20 and go to jail and give his life to Christ and God will, Jesus will say, come my brother. Come my brother. He didn't need to demand the man that was right there beside him now on the cross. He said he was a criminal. Nobody knows, nobody, descri nobody described how what made him a criminal, but when you think about a criminal, a criminal could be either he killed somebody or he, he stole something. It could be full of crime. Maybe his rap sheet is, is so long. But what Jesus says, I will remember you in my uh, in paradise. When I go to when I go to my father, I remember you. Come. No problem. So it means that God's grace is so wonderful. And that's what that, that this is what reminds me of, of it reminds me of this Romans 8 35 to 37 that says, Can anything ever separate us? Romans 8 35 to 37 says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in anger or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. It is his love. It is his love. I remember, I keep saying this. How people keep telling, you know, told me that my body, I don't want to mention his name, so he, my, my, my friend, I won't say it's my body, it's not really my body, it's more... Friend of a friend of a friend. If God can allow Chukauzo to come to come to heaven, come to come to His kingdom, God will allow anybody. But God, that's that's the grace of God. He allows anybody to come in. Anybody should come in. You know what? What First Peter four eight says. First Peter 4 8 it says, most important, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of what? Of sins. If God can love you and forget, forgive you for your sins, why are you remembering somebody else's? Why do you remember somebody else's sin? Hi, you don't know what he did to me. Ah, you don't know. I remember in 1945, November 12th, I remember it's on a Thursday at 
3.30 p.m. I was wearing a red shoe and a red socks and a blue shirt. I was drinking coffee. When he told me what he told me, I will never forget. <laughs> wow. If you can remember such detail, you're in 2020 and you remember such detail that happened in 1945, you got a problem. You have a problem. You need to go to God and say, God, I release that person. I release them. I, I, I ask for forgiveness. Help me so I can forgive this person. Because if you have such level of detail, how do you want your own Heavenly Father to forgive you of your own sin? The love we have for our brother, uh, brothers or, and sisters should help us to overlook the sins of others because we too have our own sins too. For me, this, is, this, this teaching is, a, is also a lesson for me. I can't be remembering people's own sin because it's, it's their vices. Sometimes they don't, they don't know what they are doing. All you have to do is to pray for them. All you have to do is to, to remember them. Because you too, you too have your own. I, I will close with this. I remember when I was teaching Sunday school that I was running away from. And I and the Lord put this in my heart one day. Because somebody was saying how was talk these people, you know, this adult class. They were they were they were saying how, you know, somebody this is how conversation started. I don't want to mention the names, but the names have been reserved, have been put in reserve, so nobody, nobody knows who I'm talking about. But somebody now says something. He says, eh, "How come that that pastor is not wearing a ring? Eh, he's not, he's not wearing a ring because of so 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 so." Then somebody now, before you know it, it became gossip in the Sunday school class as I'm as I'm as I'm teaching Sunday school class. So I allowed them to finish talking. Then I then ask them a question. I said, let me ask you a question. Supposing every day, you see this big screen TV right here? Every day, God says, you know what? Starting from Pastor Chuka, I'm going to put your sins, all the things, all the sins you've committed so far, I'm going to put it on the screen, on both screens. Every day, from the from the most senior pastor, from the most from the from the senior pastor all the way to the least, or there's no least, but all the way to the last person in the church. Or maybe God will say, from this Sunday school class, we'll start with this Sunday school class. They will put me first, then they will put uh, Sister Grace. Oh, careful. Then they'll put somebody else, or they'll put another person, or they'll put another person. I said, let me ask you a question. Would you guys come to church? Hey, everybody says, never. <laughs> I will never come to church if if I can, if I know when the, they're going to put my, my name out there. I won't come to church that day. I say, you see, you don't want God to expose your sin, but you can easily expose somebody else's. You can easily hold somebody else 
instead of forgiving that person so that God will not put your name out there. So the thing, the, what I'm trying to say is this. The key to that and that teaching there is love. The key to Romans 5 is love. God loves us so much that he was willing to give what? His beloved son to go on the cross to redeem us, to pave the way, to buy us back. Redeem is like I'm going to redeem, I'm going to buy you back. To redeem us, to buy us back because the enemy took things from us. He took our authority, he took our freedom, he took everything from, he gave us, CEO. the devil opened the, Adam opened the door for the devil. Don't forget, the devil is, that door is still open, but the, the good thing about it is this, the door is still open, but the beauty is, like I said, even though the door is still open, you have what? A firewall, the word, to help you to kick that thing out, whatever is going on, to kick it out. And to prevent it from coming in, we have an opportunity. So my, my prayer is that we we'll take that opportunity and know that this is exactly what God is saying, that he, he loves you with an everlasting love. He wants you to come. He wants you to come. He want, He's interested in your future. He's interested in, in our future. And we can, we can easily... With, the key also with love is that he gave he gave Jesus. So whoever that doesn't know about Jesus, you have an opportunity to come to know about him. And for you to know about him, you, you just you say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I come to you today. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You died for, for me. You died for me. Come into my life. Come into my life. I'm a, and be my Lord and Savior. And be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life. Take from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. The Bible says that you are born again. Look for a good church where you'll be fed and where you can grow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.